From the University of the West of Scotland, this is the Research Matters Podcast. Hello and welcome to Research Matters, the podcast where we explore how research from the academic community impacts you and those people around you in the wider world. And today we're taking a global perspective, where we hear from Dr. Stephen Collins right here on our sunny Ayrshire campus, but also hear from one of his partners, Collins, part of a community in Ghana, 5,000 miles away from Scotland. So Stephen, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Also joining us um, is your colleague in Ghana. Firstly, let's just take a quick look at how this project came about, Stephen. For yourself, how did it all just begin? Myself and, uh, and Collins have been working together and, and our colleague, uh, Ni Kwatalaikwate, um, have been working together for, for many, many years, um, since I think 2007, when we met in Accra. And since that time, we've worked on, on several different projects, all uh, drama-based. So Collins and Ni are both um, expert drama practitioners um, working there in Jamestown in Accra. Uh, and they work at the Jamestown Theatre Community Centre, which they established. And we were sitting one day uh, in Accra having a drink, um, which, you know, as you do. And we got talking about kind of the local area and the local kind of uh, the local architecture and the history. And Ni has sort of his family have, have an old house on the on the coast. And there's this connection between old houses and uh, historic slavery and connections that these stories that people in the community all feel like are common knowledge or sort of shared knowledge, but nobody learns about these things in school. So there's an official history of the slave trade in Ghana, and there's an unofficial history, which is kind of made up of different people's stories and different people's ideas. And so this really got us thinking about, well, how does the area of Jamestown, which is quite a poor area of Accra, how does the, the history of the area fit into the narrative of historic slavery, transatlantic slavery? in Jamestown and then in the broader global history. And so when this opportunity came up to explore modern slavery in Accra through a, a Network Plus grant, which was run out of the University of Liverpool, we kind of got to thinking, well, actually, it would be really interesting to look at modern slavery through the lens of historic slavery and to kind of have this sense of, well, why are some stories not told? Why do you lose some stories? Why is there maybe a single official story when you know, if you look at it from slightly different angles, actually, there's lots of these untold stories, these kind of more hidden histories, which is then what we uh, really began to focus on. And so you're bringing these stories to life. Collins, how hard was that for you to, first of all, get these stories together and then to put them to life on a stage? What was that like for you? Yes, for me, I will not say it was very hard because, like, uh, the history is around us, all over. In Jamestown, you can see, you can feel you can smell, you can touch all the history, both pre-colonial history and the current situation. There's the sharp differences because when you talk of colonial history where people were in chains, where people were in shackles, people were marching to the fort and whatever, or marching to the, the shore to Europe and America. And when you talk of modern slavery, there are a lot of things going on that we can pinpoint to it and say it's modern slavery. One, we can talk of the children being exploited, taken away from their families. And also young girls, they have completed secondary school and they have, a lot of them have no hope or most of them have been approached or enticed by traveling to Europe, traveling to America, traveling to so many places where everything will be paid for. Quickly, they just embark on the next available flight to the Gulf states and they end up doing different things that has been promised them. 
Oh, I understand. This is, this is a very difficult subject material, Dr. Stephen Collins, I can imagine. What was it like for you first getting, I suppose, an idea of the, the challenging situations facing these young people, these young women, and these, these people from all across this country? How, what went through your mind when you heard these first stories? Well, I mean, it's, it's a really interesting point. And I, I think just to kind of refer back to what Collins was, was talking about there, is this, these, things are, these things are kind of simultaneously known and they're hidden. So to kind of link back to, to, to historic slavery, particularly in Jamestown and these other kind of coastal communities um, in Accra, there is a sense of everybody knows these things happen. Everybody knows these things go on, but there's, there's, there is an ability to ignore them. So one of our kind of main findings from the first project was kind of going, well, there are these, these old houses that kind of sit around the forts and there are four historic forts in Accra alone. And there's these big old merchant houses that sit around these forts that are called mormes in the in guise. And mormay in gar means two different things. It can be a fort or a prison. And under these houses are tunnels that lead to the coast, but don't lead necessarily straight to the forts because there's this sense of tax was payable per head of slave. So if you are circumnavigating the official channels, then you're not paying tax per head of slave or enslaved person. So there's all of these tunnels that now exist and have been kind of covered up that lead from these houses so that they're not officially counted. And so this ability then to kind of almost hide in plain sight, or, you know, the architecture hides these practices from the community so they're quite easy to ignore. And then very similarly, casting forward to what Collins was talking about there, everybody knows somebody who has gone to the Gulf states and worked in domestic service and had a horrific time. And we heard some genuinely horrendous stories of suffering and, and lasting physical, psychological, emotional damage on people. But they then return to the community and they find it very difficult or there's no outlet for them to discuss what's gone on because people would rather sort of not know, rather not talk about it. And so this is really where the kind of the performance element came in because we were able then to use these stories and use these conversations that took place in the community. And this really is where Nee and Collins were in just amazing as project partners because they know everybody and everybody knows them so you you know you walk down the street with Collins or Nee and everybody's going oh hey how you doing hey well you know come over here and talk to me because you know they're they're incredibly well networked and so the ability then to talk to people who'd who'd returned and just sit down and, and have lots of conversations and then work to turn that into a performance or, or a series of performances that we could then present back to the community to begin conversations that really break down these barriers and break down these taboos was incredibly valuable to sort of be part of and witness and see, but I think also on a community level, hopefully genuinely impactful as well. I can well imagine. Collins, for yourself, you're giving these survivors not only a voice, but a place for their voice to be heard. How important was that for you as part of this journey? Yeah, for me, uh, the project has been very impactful and important because through this project, we're able to give voice to these survivors to tell their stories. It's not like we telling their story for them, but they coming out and telling their own story. And through this project, all of them, or most of the survivors testify that this is the avenue. This is the first time they've been given chance or opportunity to talk about whatever happened to them when they travel. So you can just imagine. I think it's very difficult for us to to understand their stories without seeing a performance because 
theatre gives people a place to express themselves. As in Dr. Stephen Collins, you've worked in this space for many decades. When you got to see this performance come to life, what was it like? Well, so there was a series of sort of stages to this project and, and each stage had uh, a performance element. And so in the very first stage, there was a kind of a, a performance that was written and developed by uh, Act for Change at the, the, the Jamestown uh, Community Theatre Centre who um, that, that Collins runs. And this was kind of shown in schools and shown to an audience at the centre as well. And so it was incredible to be able to sort of see that see the reaction. So the reaction of the audience in that stage was really interesting because a lot of the audience who came to the centre were diplomats and we had people from the British Embassy come down and, and watch this. And it was interesting to sort of see their reaction because actually it was kind of relatively muted because, you know, they were looking for big production values maybe or they were looking, you know, it was a Saturday night, they were looking for a nice night out in Accra. But we took it to the schools we took it to, to St. Mary's in particular, which is a Christian sort of all-girls school just outside Jamestown. And the reaction there was phenomenal. 500 girls of around sort of 14, 15, 16 who just reacted so vociferously to what they were seeing. You know, I mean, we, we were sort of getting feedback afterwards and passing the microphone around because the way that these guys work is they'll develop uh, a performance and then they'll show the performance, they'll, they'll invite people in to then sort of take over the role of the protagonist, they'll feed in. So they actively invite the audience to join in the performance and present solutions and, and develop different strategies. I'll always remember like one of the, the, the girls got the microphone and was said, if this was my child who was being taken and given away to go and work wherever, like I would eat stones, like I would rather eat stones than give my child away. Just like, wow, it's such a powerful moment and to sort of stand up and say that in a room of her peers was amazing and then sort of the latest iteration so that was a couple of years ago and then the latest iteration which happened last year was so this project ran all through covid and it was really interesting kind of navigate and negotiate that but one of the things that covid did was meant that i couldn't travel so i couldn't go over and be and kind of project manage on the ground but what i think that gave was real space to the people who were the project partners there to be able to run the project. And so we had this amazing session where we had all these various stakeholders. So kids from the school came and teachers and local NGOs and Collins and Nee and then survivors who by this point were really, really super central to the project, um, worked at the Jamestown Center for three days. And over that time, they developed a brand new piece of work based on one of the survivors' stories and the survivor was like really upskilled, one called Gifty. She was really upskilled in running the performance. So she stood there as the Joker, which in this kind of form of theatre is, is kind of the central bridge between the audience and the performance. And she stood there and she introduced the session and she was like, you know, this is what we're going to be doing. Um, and the audience came in off the streets and, you know, everybody was out in the courtyard. We made a documentary about it and it was really, really incredible. And they showed the performance. And then Gifty said, bring in the solutions. Where are the solutions? And so there's all of these kind of solutions acted out by members of the public. And one of the key things watching that documentary is that I'm not there. Everybody there is local. Everybody there is Ghanaian. Everybody there is from Jamestown. And so it is Jamestown speaking like, it's maybe a silly way of thinking about it, but, but Jamestown kind of speaking to Jamestown about an issue that sort of sits within this 
community in a very, very specific way. I mean, that for me was a real highlight because it's not me interpreting research or sort of thinking about the local dynamics in some kind of academic sense. It is people from Jamestown working with incredibly skilled theatre practitioners to present these solutions to this hitherto really intransigent issue. What's interesting about this project is that it's it's not just living research, it's living research based on the survivors of something and finding a solution to a series of problems that still exist. For yourself, Collins, how important was it that this wasn't just a one-off experience, that this was a project and a research relationship between UWS and your theatre company that developed over a long period of time? How important was it to have that kind of sustainability and that growth over the years? For me, it's great, great, incredible job. Incredible job. So for me, I'll say kudos to the supporters and kudos to the funders. And for me, how I can summarize this is Jamestown speaking to Jamestown for Jamestown issue. I understand. And for yourself, Dr. Stephen Collins, we look a lot about how research impacts people and the, the outputs from research. But the UN Sustainability Development Goals also plays a huge part in kind of leaving a footprint and an impact. What do you think the impact is going to be from this relationship and this research project? Well, uh, it's a big question. I mean, I think from this relationship, this relationship grows and grows and grows and kind of, um, you know, we're already working with, with Nee and Collins on, on other projects. We're already kind of bringing them into as many projects as we can because not only are they incredible ambassadors for their community and incredible human beings, they are also incredible performers. So to be able to kind of bring them into into other projects is fantastic. I think in terms of the real meaningful impact, there is a sense of this specific topic, modern slavery, which falls under 8.7 in terms of the UN SDGs. There is a sense of nobody was talking about this. This was a genuine taboo. So, you know, the number of survivors that we spoke to who were saying, I've come back to the community and nobody's ever asked. And so now we've got survivors who have not only been able to sort of talk about their experience, but have been brought into a community where those experiences are given voice and space, and then they are upskilled in these performance techniques that the Jamestown Community Theatre Centre work with, which are employability, you know, they, they are employable skills that they can then kind of go on and use. So to sort of reintegrate them in a way back into a into a community I think has been has been really incredibly valuable and just to get the conversation going on the ground to have that sort of the ability to have those conversations within hard to reach communities or within communities that don't necessarily want to have those sorts of conversations you know these are hard conversations to have and of course you sort of have to respect that but being able to work with Ian Collins means that we are able to to do that in a kind of in a, in a gentle but meaningful and hopefully very powerful and impactful way. For yourself, Collins, five thousand miles away in Ghana right now, what do you want the legacy to be from this research project, and what do you think it'll be? Through this project, we were able to give voice to these survivors to tell their story. Because that was the first time these survivors were giving voice. And what message would you have to those survivors right now, Collins? What would you say to them? Well, what I'll tell them is hope is not lost because they have life, they have everything. So for me, I feel 
whatever they've gone through, they should like an experience that they should be willing to share for people to learn so that people will also not go through what they want to do. And for yourself, Dr. Stephen Collins, what message would you have to those survivors who shared the hardest, most challenging points in their entire life to help bring, to bring it to a stage? From my own personal perspective, just astonishing gratitude because I think that it would be very easy not to talk and not to share. And, you know, from an ethical perspective, as a researcher, you are always thinking about the story has to sit with them. It has to be their story that they own and they absolutely have the right to say, I don't want to share this. I don't want this to be something that becomes material for somebody else to use. But I think as Collins was saying there, there is very much this sense of actually there is real value to the community to be able to hear these things. And we were able to run a series of workshops within schools for people who are particularly at risk of being brought into modern slavery. And so that awareness raising, the, the ability to sort of pinpoint specific instances of people who were like them four or five years ago, in their position four or five years ago, who have then been through this thing, been promised all of them, made all of these promises, but then actually the reality is, is so very, very different. And so to be able to be aware of what is happening and, 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 and what the risks are, I think that that's been incredibly valuable and, and will continue to be incredibly valuable because once that genie is out of the bottle, actually you, you really can't put it back in, you know. Dr. Stephen Collins, thank you so much. And to Collins in Jamestown in Ghana, thank you very, very much, both of you, for, I suppose, showing us that research matters far beyond a book, far beyond a journal. It can matter on the streets and in the homes and in the communities thousands of miles from us right here in Scotland. And it can also help prevent and find solutions to some of the biggest problems that face communities. And often these are problems that people don't want to talk about. Thank you both for your time. And thank you for listening to UWS Research Matters.